0: Hey Scott, are you ready to preview the season? That depends. Who's asking? Why are you so skeptical? Why aren't you? Can you please just focus on the Timberwolves in this season preview episode? Can this one be entirely about questions? I don't know. Can it? Welcome to episode 165. Of Wolves cast the season preview series as we do every single year. A couple, a couple uh, episodes right before the season starts to prep you for uh, for the new year of Timberwolves basketball. Scott and I are back in the zone. We are doing it, Scott. Greetings. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Neil? Real good. We recorded uh, the other day with uh, with a good friend, uh, Robert, with an H. Everybody, we got that uh, you know, that annual Jeopardy episode, so I encourage you to go back, and check out that one. There's no real order, or geez. don't. You can just skip it. Yeah, I mean, if you like games, if you like uh, if you like a little trivia, we recommend it. But if you like more talking basketball, th- this
1: one's maybe more for you. I feel like it wasn't as good as the last three Jeopardy episodes, but still good.
0: Yeah, I don't know why that would be, there was just something off about, uh, yeah. about this this time around, but uh,
1: you know, hey, we'll do it always again Always a next pleasure year. to have Robert on the show though, he always brings it, especially with the trivia action, so uh, he once again, he did a wonderful job, he outdid himself, as he normally does.
0: What a total pro, he's uh, he's a big fan of Jeopardy! and uh, a professional podcaster himself, so there you go, shout out We're to We're recording this Robert. in
1: the middle of the afternoon, distance from each other, because I'm overcoming a cold, and even though we recorded in person yesterday, Neil's like, nah, I don't want you coming over here now. So, uh, trying to get the energy right, because normally we don't record in the middle of the afternoon, Neil. That's right. We have a daylight episode
0: right now that's happening. But I uh, did
1: uh, stay up late last night watching the replay of the Denver preseason game, so I'm definitely in the right mood. You know, I've got I've yes. my head on right, because uh, that was a fun one. That was, yeah, it was, uh, as we record this, uh, yeah, we've uh,
0: we've had two preseason games, and uh, they'll be...
1: Tonight is the Clippers one, I believe. Yeah,
0: yeah, so, um, you know, that's where we are, so, uh, you know, I think we're talking mostly big picture stuff, so... Uh you know, unless a catastrophic injury happens or something like that,
1: uh, we should, or be good. something other catastrophic, uh, thing that happens to our organization, probably self-inflicted, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you yeah. with the Timberwolves, you never know what's going to go wrong, except that something probably will, but we'll try and get this out this week so that, uh, you know, we're not missing out on too much of That's right. newly, uh, terrible things that have befallen us. Uh, exactly.
0: So, um, on this type of show, we like to, it's, it's, it's our big question show. So Scott and I just jot down the Bunch of questions, as many as we can, and uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna run through a whole bunch of questions. We'll do uh, we'll do kind of like a main segment where we take our time a little bit more on the questions, and then, then we'll do a lightning round and uh, wrap things up with uh, giving our, our predictions, uh, very official predictions on uh, you know the final the final record of your Minnesota Timberwolves, and uh, that, that's what we're doing today. So a different format show. Uh, here, uh you know, with just, uh, just these questions. So Scott, are you ready to dive into uh, the big questions surrounding the Timberwolves? Actually,
1: Neil, I've been thinking about this and it's kind of weird to call an audible this late in the stage, but, uh, yeah, I might as well just say it. I think we should answer the questions, not just oh, questions. Okay. How about questions and answers this season?
0: That's a novel idea, but uh, hey, we're we're all about experimentation, and uh, you know, I don't know if anyone's going to like that, but okay, cool. So we're gonna we're gonna not only ask questions, we're going to do our best to answer those questions. So, and if um, you're
1: listening to this yeah. in your car, feel free to you know answer along. Yeah,
0: hey, you can do that. Just say talk your right answers out loud. Yes, speak them, speak them out. Uh, we will be listening during the show, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll call on you on the question question and answer uh, crowd participation segment uh, later on in the show. Um, see, so yeah. like
1: Blues Clues, we're going to be like, and what do you think the record will be? Uh huh. Yeah, and then we wait for a moment, and then we say, Oh, oh wow. I see. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Very
0: very optimistic this year. I see. Okay. <laughs> you're, okay.
1: You're drinking the Kool Aid. <laughs>
0: Well yeah, well let's get started with this uh with this big one, Scott. Just in this is about as in general as it gets. Why should people care about the Timberwolves this season? Why should wolves fans care about what's happening uh, you know, on the court for the team this year?
1: I think there are two big reasons, Neil. And I think uh, the obvious reason, which I'm, uh, once again, I, everyone in your cars, or why, why am I assuming everyone's listening in their car? Wherever you're right. listening, everyone shout out your answer right now because the obvious one is Anthony Edwards, year two. Oh. We ooh. have an electric dynamite personality. Not only is his game super fun to watch, not only is he doing stuff on the court every game where you're like, whoa, I didn't know Anne had that in his bag of tricks. He's growing by leaps and bounds every second. But. He's got one of the most fun media personalities since Randy Moss, you know, from like, at least in terms of like Twin Cities media personalities. This kid is having fun. You never know what he's going to say in an interview. And he's not worrying about it. You know, I think, you know, we've had some past stars like Kat and Kevin Love who, you know, were treated kind of poorly by the media. And then they got so in their heads about like what they would say. And then they were all guys guarded. And it seemed like they were always, you know, kind of running a deep, you know, like, uh, uh, equation in their head what if i say this how's this going to be turned back on me not ant ants you know maybe he'll get there one day but right now he's just free-flowing and fun he'll say what he wants he'll do what he wants and i think year two is going to be even better than year one what do you think
0: neil he's very he's very naive in a fun way i think you know i feel in like in a that's, good way yes he, yeah yes. In the best of ways yeah yeah he's uh, he doesn't know what he doesn't know uh, i guess at the same time and, uh, maybe he's
1: not naive maybe he is the best at every sport ever including swimming you know we, we haven't seen
0: him do it yeah he's just ahead of us, we just don't. We're the ones who are naive about his true abilities. Exactly, um, but yeah, I think Ant is a huge reason to watch and a huge huge reason to care because you know and I think especially uh, you know for, for the casual fan, for you know just the Minnesota sports fan, I think you can you can sort of look at Edwards and uh, you know especially coming off the dunks and you know his second half of the year last year, and it's just you know it's uh, a lot of people you know they've maybe maybe grown tired of watching Carl Towns. I can't imagine that he's he's fantastic but you know again for more of a casual fan maybe just a little bit of like all right this guy's been here for a while Anthony Edwards is uh you know a breath of fresh air and sort of a jolt to the fan base a little bit and you know there's lots of uh you know this season you know we'll we'll see how it goes as as we've mentioned there's a lot of turbulence happening and who knows what the future of the franchise uh will be but it almost certainly involves Anthony Edwards being here so you know I think uh you know everyone else there might be a little bit of question mark around but I feel like uh, Anthony Edwards is one of the sure things uh, as far as you know his he, his uh, his you know lightning rod ability his exciting play and the fact that he's going to be around for a while so I think he's a guy that you can count on uh, in that kind of way uh, for years to come
1: I also think the other reason why is uh, I'm sure the casual Tim Rolls fan who clearly is so casual they're Definitely listening to us right now. Hi, casual fans. No, yeah. the casual fan, last time they probably paid attention to the Wolves was the Jimmy Butler season. Mm-hmm. We went to the playoffs, we had a winning team. And then, you know, the last couple seasons have been kind of forgettable for a bunch of reasons between COVID, injuries, uh, dysfunction, what have you. But this is going to be the season where maybe all of that. Goes away because if things run correctly and we have a healthy season, we don't have any major turnovers and coaching positions or anything like that. This could be a season where there's no excuses. There's just success. Or, you know, some kind of success. Relative. I mean, not, success, maybe not yeah. like the season with Jimmy Butler, but it's gonna be a reason where if you're not paying attention, you're just like, Oh, why are the temporals been bad the few years? Because you're you're not understanding the nuance of why they've been bad. We know why they've been bad, but those excuses are gone now, at least for the time being. So to for the start of the season season, you should care because now you're going to be able to see this team operate without these, uh, you know, all these negative things that have been hampering their performance the past t- few seasons.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, you know, I think that's 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 right. And you know, finally, after two years of weirdness, I feel like you know this should be uh, hopefully more of a normal season as far as having their guys and having a little more stability, you know, as far as the locker room goes. So yeah, looking forward to that. But then another reason I think people should care about this season is. It is a inflection point, uh, put up or shut up type of season for a lot of players, but really kind of for the whole... Uh, for the whole locker room for the whole you know, I guess you could say all the way up to the to the uh, you know interim GM right now um, you know we're gonna learn a lot about where certain guys are again because they have maybe missed a lot of games uh, in the past few ye- years for whatever reason I feel like you know hopefully a lot of that goes away and we're gonna find out sort of uh, you know sort of you know is towns ready to be you know that guy uh, you know who can lead his team to the playoffs who can put up a you know a, a candidly, you know, lead offense and above average offense himself, like that kind of stuff. And so I think we're going to get the answers to a lot of that. And, you know, a lot's been made of like the dual track that the Wolves are on here, you know, with, uh, you know, Carl Towns and, and uh, you know, Russell, Russell, uh, D'Angelo Russell on one hand, and then, you know, the younger guys, uh, you know, Edwards and, and uh, you know, uh, McDaniels and stuff on the other side. So, you know, I think uh, depending on how this year goes, you might see the team kind of go in one one of those two directions but they kind of have to see where they are here so i think it's an interesting sort of tipping point type season uh for the team and that's why this year is going to be interesting as well even if they're you know not contending or maybe not even in the top eight of the west
1: sure it could very well be i tend to think we say that every year this is the put up or shut up season but yeah we'll see you know it definitely there, there's definitely stakes you know i agree with you on that
0: Totally, totally. Um, and you know, we, we didn't get to really talk about it too much, Scott. But you know, let's just talk a little bit about the Rosas firing. And you know, many weeks later, three weeks later, something like that. Now, how, how are we feeling about how all that shook out? You know, at the time, you know, we mentioned it on the on the Wolves Cast Jeopardy episode that we were kind of down and out, and it was just a, really a bummer time because it was like, oh yeah, the Wolves are the laughing stock of the league. Here we go again, dysfunction all over. So a few weeks later. This dust has settled a little bit. How do we feel about
1: this? I uh, thought the situation reminded me a lot of a man named Garrison Keillor. Ever heard of him? <laughs> uh, you know, I was, I've was i worked at NPR. I don't necessarily have any inside knowledge or anything. This is just an outsider's perspective. Yep. Uh, I no longer work there either. But anyways, but uh, it's an outsider's perspective. But my sense was that the things that got Garrison in trouble, like, weren't necessarily, you know, like, earth shattering they weren't like the same kind of like level of me too as a lot of other things that were happening at the time Mm -hmm. um and i also and there, there had been complaints about garrison throughout his entire career but the npr only decided to act on him once they no longer want a garrison around. Ba- back when a garrison was the moneymaker and they really relied on garrison, then, you know what, these things could be swept under the rug or, you know, we find out the, the yeah. ownership knew about all these complaints and did nothing about them. But then when they already have kind of a reason to get garrison out, they already have his replacement, they're ready to move on. Garrison's kind of dragging his feet out the door. He's not quite as ready to go. NPR is ready to get rid of him. Then this uh, thing happens and they're like, oh, well, this is why we have to get rid of them. It's not really the reason why. You were wanting him gone. You just finally had the excuse to do it. And I think that's what happened with Rosas, too. Because I don't think he was fired because of the extramarital affair. I think they wanted him out, and the extramarital affair was the cover that they could use to get him out, you know?
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense Uh, in hindsight here of, like, yeah, that was the, oh, great. Like, now we we have a sort of thing we could, you know, and they didn't come out and point to it necessarily, but they knew that it would be in the media and they knew that, you know, all the fans would hear about this stuff. So, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's like,
1: it's the only thing that justifies the timing. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise you don't do it five days before media day. You don't do it after Rosas has had the whole off season to put his imprint on the team, you know? Yeah. So I think that, you know, they, they used it for the timing at least.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I think it's just frustrating because of all the, you know, just, there's just been so much talk of, you know, a a brand new, you know, restart and, you know, family and keeping everybody together and, you know, we're all in this together type of stuff. And then, you know to just move on from him so quickly it seemed you know it seemed you know premature and all this but then you get all the reporting coming out of all the drama behind the scenes and how he didn't treat people the greatest and he was you know he was in, he had his fingers in every single portion of the franchise and he was you know omnipresent in sort of like a negative way a very you
1: know I don't know I guess I think all that stuff is so interesting though because it's just a matter of perspective on a lot of that like, yeah like John Kay said there are people who are defending him and people who said this is the same kind of stress you're going to find in every other basketball office. This is mostly due to the pandemic more than anything, and like, yeah. and I think it's easy if like. Maybe you weren't a very good employee and you want, and you didn't like how Gersos was in your business. We've all had bosses like that who were like, don't let us slack off as much as we want or drive us a little too hard. And uh, you get resentful of that, even though it's not necessarily because of the quality of work reasons. It's just like, hey, man, I want to have an hour to browse Facebook on my own time on the clock or something like that, you know? So I think that for me, I, I just it's it's hard to tell what's truth and what's fiction. I thought John K did a, John Krasinski did a fantastic job of reporting. Everyone should read his athletic article if you haven't already. But a lot of that stuff just made me kind of you know go hmm. I wonder if these are people who are uh, complaining in good faith or not. And now that he's gone, are they going to do a better job at their jobs, or are they just going to be like, oh good, now this guy's out of here, I can go back to slacking, you know?
0: Yeah, and there's you know, the, the, yeah, like you said, there's um, yeah, there's definitely there's there's always you know two sides to this. There's you know, but in every a lot of reporting, like you said, John is saying, hey, this isn't just this isn't everybody, but you know, he has backers as well. But and it's hard because, like you said, we don't know necessarily how this front office compares to the rest of the league, and we're you know, there's a lot of people in all these front offices these days. There's so many, you know, uh, you know, people underneath uh, the head basketball uh, operations person, and they're trying to work their way up, and they're trying to get their voices heard too so it's definitely i can't imagine it's a it's very easy to kind of keep everyone uh on the same page and 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 all that so but at the same time i think you know again like you said the tipping point comes where you have this uh affair situation that you know it was weighing on you know apparently it's very open so it was like all these people could just like see it and you're just like Putting everybody in such a yeah,
1: such a bad clear situation. Clear, he wasn't trying to hide it. <laughs> yeah,
0: and like how that affects the other employees, I, it just became untenable. And so, like you said, that was definitely the you know the straw that broke the camel's back at that point, And it was a way to kind of get out of this guy who you know a lot of people didn't like for other reasons, but.
1: It's also and so fascinating. I want to say, like, it's it's clearly an abuse of his power, even if it's a consensual that's relationship. Right, that's right. You can't do that. Dating an underling. So that's problematic on a ton of levels. And I'm of the double mindset. On mostly, I'm on the side of, you know, that's not right for any workplace. Let's let's. That's a toxic environment. You're in your right to get rid of that situation. But then a small, small part of me is like you know, what if the Spurs kicked Tony Parker out after he cheated with a teammate's wife, you know? Yeah. Then, would yep. they win all those reigns? Or they were able to look over that because they realized uh, a man's moral failings weren't as important as the goal of winning a championship, you know? So yep. part of me is a little, there's a little bit of me that has that kind of instinct, but mostly I'm on the other side.
0: Yeah, so, and I think the other thing that kind of helps is there wasn't necess- this this sort of doesn't seem like it's going to be a I mean I feel like they, they did they did the work of eliminating the distraction part of this I kind of thought oh man this is going to sink the whole se-. like when it first happened it was like oh it's going to sink the whole season it's going to be like this weird thing that hangs over and instead I feel like the opposite has kind of happened where you just raise up Sasha and Gupta to be uh, the new uh, you know number one he's in charge now at least for this whole season and uh, then there'll be allegedly a, you know there'll be a another search uh, we'll see how that goes but you know for this season you just move up Gupta and everyone else stays in place and Chris Finch is apparently loved by everybody over there and uh, things seem to be just kind of better off for this so I kind of I, I'm, I'm come, coming around to the Rosas firing too in, in that sense of it seems like this is going to make the basketball at least you know be the number one thing and there's not going to be this other drama behind the scenes that is leaking out throughout the whole year we're going to have more of a normal season because because this happened when it did
1: yeah and i think that ultimately time will give us more perspective maybe we'll learn this was more of a gupta power move a me or them Ooh. you know me or him kind of situation or maybe we'll learn this is more of a new ownership this is their first power move yep. of like we want to start putting our imprint on the franchise right away and this was a way for us to influence some measure of power you know totally. so i think that you know more will be revealed with time and uh i agree with you i feel comfortable with gupta so it's not like i'm worried about yeah. the opera the day-to-day operations of the franchise with roses you know by any means i just think that we've gotten uh it's a very interesting story because there's so many different interests competing at, uh for what this could mean and also we'll probably learn more i don't think we've heard it all yet yeah
0: that's right well now uh we'll wait till that happens to talk more about it but uh Let's, uh, let's keep it going. Uh, back to the basketball court here, Scott, with our questions. Uh, how will the rotation shake out? Like we mentioned, we're just two, two games in here, and I think that's what they're using the preseason for is to – Figure out uh, you know mixing and matching where these guys work, but uh, I don't know what do you see as kind of the starting the optimal starting five, and I don't know who 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 else kind of rounds out the rotation for you because most teams don't play you know this team is a little deeper than than in past years maybe, but most teams try and keep their rotation around you know 9, ten guys maybe eleven, so um, I don't know where where do you see that going.
1: Well, let's just put some names on the table real quick because I was watching the Denver game, so I'll just go off what I remember from that. Our starting lineup was, I think, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Cat. Any starting lineup is going to have those three guys in it. D'Angelo right. Russell, Cat, and Anthony Edwards. They're going to make the starting lineup. Right. And then yesterday, I believe it was uh, Jaden McDaniels and I don't think J.O. It, it was Vando. Man- yeah, Vando, yeah. Vando yeah. and Jaden. Well, Kogi started the first game. Yeah, um, and then so that yeah. means coming off the bench, your 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 second line is Beverly Okogi, um, Nas Reed, Beasley, uh, Beasley, and Torian Prince. Yeah, and that leaves your your that that's, that's 10. probably your rotation. That's then the 10, people yeah. who fall out of your rotation are obviously J Mac, the lesser or the 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 smaller or it's whatever small, you want to call him, Little Mac. Uh, yeah then we also have Leandro, who will probably be in iowa i think especially yep. noticeable that iowa if you follow the iowa wolves on twitter they've been retweeting his highlights and stuff like oh interesting. hey iowa wolves fans he's going to be ours <laughs> in a couple months get ready to buy tickets hint hint uh, yeah and then there's uh, a couple other guys who you know were maybe expecting to see some time um that would fall into that third string category yeah um so I'm looking it up real quick.
0: Yeah, it's Jake Lehman and, and Noel. And, and then, there we uh, go. Yeah, then, exactly. Yeah. So those
1: guys who could fill in if injuries happen, but I just don't see them kind of getting nightly minutes unless yeah. someone like Torian Prince falls out of favor or something like that. But I thought the interesting thing about the Denver lineup with the backup guards with uh, the Beasley, Okogie, uh Beverly, Prince, Nas rotation was the defense. It was just like some really great defense from that crew. You basically have – Three really good defenders and Prince, Beverly, and Okogie with Beasley providing the offense, and then Nas can, you know, he 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 mucks things up on defense. He's got he, he gets his arms in there and stuff. So um, I thought that was really fun to watch. But I think that they haven't found the right fit of what's the right amount of offense and defense. You know, because you could have an all defensive lineup. Replace Beasley with Vanderbilt. <coughs> Sorry, that was me laughing because I just thought of how crazy that defense would be. Um. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, this is me just kind of talking in circles because I'm not sure what the rotations are going to be necessarily because there's still so much mix and match. Like, yeah. does D'Angelo and... Beverly make a lot of sense because then you have one really good offensive player and one really good defensive player out there together. I like watching Bev and Okogie play together because they're just a nightmare for opposing teams to get past. So, personally, I kind of like the idea of keeping them together. What do you think, Neil?
0: Yeah, and I think yeah, we're, we're right to say that you know yeah, Russell Edwards and Towns are you know your your big three there. But then the other two kind of wings is like, what do you do? And, yeah, there's so many possibilities of the the mixing of all that. Unfortunately for the Wolves, you know, they, they have a pretty talented roster, but they're almost all, like, one-way guys. Like, McDaniels might be, like, the best two-way guy. Hopefully, you know, everyone wants to see Edwards take a step defensively. I think that's getting a little overblown at this point. I mean, sure, I think he, in time, can be, a hopefully, a good two-way player. But I don't know if, you know, necessarily year two he's going to put it all together. But, you know, are so we actually
1: that confident in Jaden's offense to call him a two-way guy?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, not really. He can't really create his own, but he can at least you know he can defend the other team's best player, and then you can hit a shot on the other end. So yeah, but right. even that is sort of like questionable. Like it's so it's hard because yeah, you have all these one-way guys, and they're either offense guys or defense guys, and it's okay. It's okay. What are how are we going to do this? And I, yeah, I did think it was interesting that Denver game too, of they did play a whole second unit all together. You know, I, I you would think that maybe. Maybe you know, yeah, you'd have Russell in there or something like that, or uh, Anthony Edwards would get to run the second unit or something. I think in time we will see that, but it's really just a matter, and especially with those uh, kind of you know your your two threes, your you know your your forward group, I guess, in there, um, you know Okogie, uh, Beasley, Prince. Vanderbilt uh, Edwards how do all those guys sort of interchange in and out here how do those guys all play together um but yeah I mean it was great to see all those the swarming defense and all those guys but yeah you wonder then where the scoring is coming from in that situation I guess you just need Beasley to to light it up I don't know he's he's not really as much of a creator as you'd want I mean he can he can knock down the shot we know that but I don't know if he can run an entire off <laughs> offense or right. whatever single-handedly something
1: that lineup has been giving us us in the preseason it remains to be seen once the intensity ratchets up in the regular season but they're creating offense out of their defense they're creating so many turnovers they're yeah. transitioning into that into transition offense and so yeah J.O. can get to the rim when he's you know got one man to beat because he's sort of <laughs> streaking up the floor because Beverly yeah. just got a steal you know so um, I think that would be an idea for how to create some offense. But you're right. There is no real half-court offense with that backup lineup that you just mentioned.
0: Yeah, and I think with Russell and Beverly, I think those are really two nice pieces, though, because those guys can both play off the ball. They both have played off the ball in their in their careers. So, you know, you can kind of mix and match that way depending on the matchup, depending on who's got it going. And then I think j Mack can even be a part of that to me. He's the 11th, 11th man um, in this group. So, you know, you could have him out there with either Russell or Beverly. So, there is a lot of flexibility in their guard rotation, too. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, I think the guys who are out kind of looking in are Jake Lehman, you know, Jalen Noel, and then, yeah, Balmaro, you know, uh, excuse me, Balmero. I got to say that. I've been saying Morrow, but uh, uh, Dave Ben's been saying Morrow. Deandro. Just call him Leo. Leo, yeah, young Leo. Um, And then, uh, of course, you know, they have. uh, Yeah, they have J Mac and then they have uh you know two ways. So Nathan Knight and McKinley Wright. You know, those guys right. uh you know, Iowa guys uh probably as well, but you have them rounding out the uh you know, the lineup. So that's uh that's kind of what we think about uh those those pieces yeah and i just did. think
1: it's exciting because there's so many different mix and match options it yeah. might take like 20 games but yep. once finch finds the options that really work together and, and you know and synergize well i think we'll be like oh yeah of course beasley makes sense being out there with d and cat and not being out there you know we'll figure yeah. it out and i think that you know that'll be some of the fun of the early part of the season is watching the chemistry between different lineups and figuring out what works Okay, so we have, we've established that there's
0: lots of one-way guys on this team, including lots of guys who are one-way on defense. Um, but the team has been awful at defense for many, many years. And, uh, you know, a lot of that comes down to, you know, their best players not being very good at defense. Uh, you know, both Carl Towns and, and D'Angelo Russell have struggled on that end of the floor for their entire careers. So, you know, they're going to be playing big minutes. And, uh, you know, while you do have these backups who can really get down and dig in, ultimately, if you want to be a good defense, your best players need to be able to play good defense. So, uh, I think that's one of the big questions for this year. So I don't know. What, what are we thinking on how good the defense can be? Is, is is it possible to be out of the bottom ten somehow this season, Scott?
1: Oh, probably not. <laughs> uh, I was going to say maybe like twentieth, not 20th. out of the bottom. Or yeah, I yeah. guess twentieth would be out of the bottom ten. Yeah, I suppose. Just yeah, twentieth, nineteenth. That's like it seems like the ceiling, like the absolute ceiling. Right. I mean, exactly. I mean, we're seeing – because the thing is, in the preseason, it's easy to be like, yeah, we've been practicing every day. We've got – you know, (laughs) we've been practicing basically only defense. We're bringing that intensity, but like – January when you haven't practiced for like a month and you're yeah. like playing your, your fifth game in like two weeks or you know whatever and you're just right. tired it's easy to forget about that then if you're on a losing streak you're just trying to get yours get your points whatever it's easy for this kind of kumbaya defensive effort we've seen so far to go away but I've been very encouraged from the two preseason games there's just been an intensity on that end of the floor that we haven't seen and I think some of that is really having a lineup of defensive guys like we didn't have last year um Just like I said, that lineup with Pat Beverly, uh, Josh Okogie, Torian Prince – Nas and Beasley. And obviously, Beasley's not a defender by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, like I said, put Vanderbilt, put Jaden McDaniels in there, and you have some guys who are going out there and making their money on their defensive effort, and they know that's what they're supposed to bring. And so I find that encouraging. Obviously, can you make it work with those guys who can't score at all to kind of keep the people afloat? But just having that many people dedicated to defense as like their calling card, I think is an encouraging sign and also a sign that we're going to be taking that uh, a lot more seriously this year that it really will be a point of emphasis, where it kind of seems like the idea is like let's focus all on defense and just assume the offense is going to come together because we have some really transcendent offensive uh, talent on our team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's the right. I think that's the the mentality right now coming out of training camp, coming out of the preseason. It's like, yeah, the offense will figure itself out. We need to really address the defensive issues and the problem is they're probably going to be like if not the smallest team, like one of the smallest teams in the league. You know, Carl Anthony Towns is your biggest player and he's like a small center. Uh, Nas Reed is, is like the next biggest guy and you know as, as a backup and so they they kind of don't have they don't have this big bruising dude out there and you know I guess in a way that's kind of where the league is going but on the other hand like rebounding is the final part of defense like defense is not just blocking shots and getting steals and you know rotating you have to finish with a rebound and I'm worried about where that is going to be coming from, and so you could see this team getting smashed on the, you know, on the glass, you know, with their opposition getting lots of putbacks and stuff like that, and and so I don't know. I think it's going to be tough sledding, no matter who they put out there. But, yeah, I guess you just have to hope that that small, that small ball stuff can can really, um, you know, be fruitful on the other end and you can outscore teams. But it, it will just be something to watch of sort of, you know, especially with Finch like being known as an offensive coach and that kind of stuff. It is really interesting that the, the talk is all about defense and trying to get that going. And so it's just going to be a fascinating thing to watch this year because, yeah, no one thinks they're going to be a good defensive team. It's just sort of like, can you approach average? Can you get out of that cellar of the bottom five, bottom ten? And, um, you know, that would go a long way towards, you know, this team being, you know, somewhat respectable this year. So it'll just be interesting to see, like you said, how they put together these combinations to cover up for other people's defensive uh, issues in order to just like have something resembling, a, you know, a competent defense out there this year.
1: Yeah, I think that you've really hit the nail on the head. That's another question we had further in the doc, but we might just talk about it now is just like, will this team rebound? Because you're right, that is such a huge huge problem for this team because it used to be a couple seasons back the joke I would always say is uh, Neil, we're not going to win any games where the opposing team makes as many three-pointers as we take, which was something that used <laughs> to happen to the Tim Wolves all the yeah. time. We would take like 13, and the opposing team would make like 15, you know? Right. And uh, Thankfully, we're not there anymore, but the, the stat last season was just like, if the other team beats us by more than 10 rebounds, if the, the rebound differential is like double digits. We just pretty much automatically lose those games. And so the question is, yeah, how do we, how do we not have that be a, a set, another issue? I mean, you can have guys all dedicated to crashing the boards hard we've seen Ant and Vanderbilt really make that an emphasis in preseason I feel like so far but they're just still undersized and you're gonna get one big guy on the other team and and like I just saw like no Jokic even was just bullying us on the board so that's uh, probably my biggest fear right now that's a great thing you brought up Neil because the rebounding is definitely going to be our Achilles heel
0: yeah, rebounding last year for the Wolves. They were, uh, you know, in rebound percentage, they were 25th in the league. So, yep, they were down there last year with a small team, and we'll see how that goes this year with uh, adding really any other size. So, that'll be interesting. Um, ben Simmons, guys, Are we talk about Ben Simmons, or is it just sort of too. too uh- <laughs> Is it too overdone? Will the, will the I team think we trade? Just, for... I say
1: we don't talk about it because okay, one there's reports coming out today. Rich yeah. Paul and Daryl Morey are working to bring him into camp. Looks like he will be in camp. So like every single day there are new reports. So by the time this podcast is uploaded to Canashoopas what a wonderful site! Oh yeah, uh it, it'll be different already. And I just think that there will, there's no news until there's news. I don't think we will. Um, I think one of the rumors I heard was the, the most recent ask from Portland was CJ McCollum, three future firsts and three future first pick swaps. I think that if there was a trade to be done, it would be done by now. And I just don't think uh, something needs to change before anything happens. So I, yeah. I don't see any point of wasting our time talking about it further.
0: I think it's not going to happen anytime soon. I think like people are like watching the Twitter as if it's going to break any moment. Like, and it's been going on for weeks. And it's like, I think both. Both these te- Both of the parties involved here are going to be involved in the staring contest for a long time.
1: <laughs> yep. So, I mean, may it, will it happen someday? Maybe. But I don't think it's going to happen before the season starts. The okay.
0: We'll, well, piggybacking off that then, you know, in a hypothetical trade for Ben Simmons or anybody else, maybe the trade down or something like that, who is most likely to be moved on this roster who is like a who's a somebody who you know might be uh you know might be in just basically any trade you can think of like this person's in it like who who's most likely to be moved
1: uh i mean i could cop out and just say tory and prince because the salary matches <laughs> really well you know like yeah, any kind of true. trade we'd have to move salary if we're not moving like d or something that would probably be it but i think like uh And you know maybe that's one of the the sticking points is that Jaden had such a great rookie season, but at the same time he's one of the biggest question marks I have coming into the season. How much of that rookie season was legit? How much can he replicate now that he's not a surprise to other teams? Now that he'll be on the scouting report and stuff, I I kind of am worried that he'll have a big regression type season. And if that happens, then he's no longer the kind of guy that is going to be included in any deal because they potentially have a future star who is making twenty eighth pick money for the next several years. um, but I'm guessing Jaden would still be my answer right now, just because he still has that reputation from his rookie season. If something's going to happen right now, I feel like Jaden would have to be included.
0: Yeah, and it seems like if the Wolves are going to make a deal this season, it will likely be to uh, you know get uh, get more talent on this roster, whether it's Ben Simmons or you know someone else. I, I doubt they would like trade a more of a veteran guy for like youth. So yeah, it seems in and in, in those deals, typically the team who's moving on from the veteran, you know, better player, they're getting younger, they may be rebuilding, they want picks or they want younger players. So it, it is wise to yeah, pick a you know younger dude who's not your absolute prize possession than Anthony Edwards. So um, you know, I don't think many people want to see Jaden McDaniels leave this team, but, you know, I think in order to get a bigger deal done for a higher caliber player, you got you gotta give something up too to get something, as they say so I think that's a wise one and then I think Malik Beasley I mean he's been you know rumored in all these as well you know a lot because his salary again for salary matching issues or uh, situations you know he's making nearly 15 million dollars so you know he's going to be in that range and you know he's a quality player every team needs shooting like he can basically fit on just about every team in the league so I think he makes a lot of sense just because whether you're uh, you know more of a playoff team or whether you're um, an up-and-coming team maybe you know you could see them being like oh yeah we'll Take the shooting of Malik Beasley, and he kind of proved it last year. You know, he didn't only played like thirty-five games, but you know, shot nearly forty percent on a huge volume. Um, So I I think he kind of proved his his worth on that salary slot too. So it's not like he's like bad money or anything. So I think those two for sure are the are the main uh, culprits for uh, if there's going to be a deal, uh, one or both those guys are going to be in it.
1: Yeah, it feels like Beasley needs to play himself into shape a little bit first. But I agree. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, well, uh, let's
0: see Wh- which one. Which one you want to which one you want to take next, Scott? Why don't you pick one here from our uh, group of questions?
1: Well, I mean, this one is what I was just kind of talking about. Who's going to uh, regress from last season? Who's going to yeah. really surprise us? You know, jump forward. And like I said, I, my answer is going to be Jada McDaniel's. I, I'm worried that you know he was just a little too good to be true last season like do we really believe this stick figure Gumby like uh body type is really shutting down a bunch of the other team's best scorers and still like hitting a good percentage of his spot up threes and stuff um I'm excited about Jaden's development I I think that he's still going to be a good long-term piece for this team but there's just something in my gut that says Jaden's going to take a step back this season and that's going to be tough to watch yeah, I guess it depends
0: on yeah, the the um you know, your expectations for that. I mean certainly in summer league they tried to pump him up as a guy who'd be able to, you know, have the ball in his hands and, you know, run pick and roll and stuff. And every team does that to some to some degree. I mean, that's what summer league is for, is sort of have your younger guys be able to play as if they're the best player on their team, uh, you know, and kind of explore a little bit more and really show what they're capable of if given, you know, a bigger role. So, you know, it, he wasn't great at that, but it was still good for him to get those chops or whatever. And so, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's wise. Though I think that's kind of smart to say, you know, and again, I think we talk about this almost every year. I talk about a lot with the links and stuff is that. People expect this like linear development, especially from young guys. Like it's just you know a straight line. It's gonna, if it's going up, it's going to keep going up. And sometimes it kind of peaks and valleys. And you know there's there's going to be trying times as well. It's not always as simple as oh here's the trajectory they're on and that's the way it's always going to be. So uh, you'd like that to be the case with uh, young Jaden, but uh, you know there's going to be some issues and teams teams are you know he's now on the radar. You know we like to talk about that a lot too. He's on the scouting report. You know watch out for this. You got to cover him in the corner is like you know he's gonna come down on you in this way and, and try and rip the steel like you know people are gonna know about him now that he's playing bigger minutes so um I could definitely see him kind of having a a little bit worse of a year just because he's not gonna take people by surprise quite as much um and then I you know I don't know I think I, I, I guess I feel like I just got done talking about Beasley and how you know he really like proved it on his uh on his shooting but To see him for an entire year, I wonder, you know, if he's going to play more games and stuff. And I just wonder how the Malik Beasley um, uh, sort of experience will be in this year, too. You mentioned, you know, he's a little bit out of shape. Jim Peterson mentioned that on the broadcast uh, against Denver and, you know, different role this year. Last year, he was you know, again, he only, he only played like 35 games, but his usage was really high. He was getting a lot of shots. He got almost like nine threes up a game. Um, so this is a guy who kind of had, you know, he averaged 30, 33 minutes, um, you know, almost averaged uh, 20 points. So I think his usage, all that's going to come down this year, and so I wonder um, how that will affect him both emotionally and and then also just like, you know, being able to kind of be in that zone and, you know, get all those shots. Like, for a player like him, you know, that volume. I think goes a long way so his you know maybe scaling down a little bit I worry about you know what Beasley's going to look like in year two of that contract so I might say him just because he was just so hot last year and, and shot so many of them so I wonder if that can sustain
1: <coughs> I waited until you got done talking to do that <laughs> nice oh. uh, all right <laughs> All right, and then in terms of who, is there anybody who you think is going to surprise you, is going to improve by a leap or a bound,
0: Neil? Yeah, I wonder who I wonder who, who we should be... Uh, I, I who,
1: talked about my pick a little bit yesterday uh-huh. or when we recorded the Jeopardy pod, but I think we're going to be surprised by Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. His development has plateaued a little bit the past few seasons, and I blame that on you know some of the problems with the previous off-seasons between COVID, his mother dying, and a lot of his other friends and family dying he said he hasn't had as much time to dedicate himself to basketball like he did this summer where he really worked on his body and spent the whole summer really preparing himself so i think that we're going to see that good old-fashioned carol anthony towns that guy we used to always say oh yeah he's definitely a top 10 player in the nba look at him and i'm excited to see him be dominant and him be the guy who's surprising us with how good he is once again
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great call, and I think yeah, everything's lining up for Towns to have a big year, and I think it's smart to to peg him as someone who's gonna you know hopefully you know regain his status in the league um, as one of the best big men, one of the best scoring um, players in the league. uh, Period. Um, So that's a good one. And and you know what i I might take uh, I might take the other uh, top paid player on this team with D'Angelo Russell. I think they're both in this boat of last year was a wreck. Um, and they both have a lot to prove, and I think, um, you know, I think you know Towns more than Russell is pretty proud, and they're both going to want to show their status in the league, and they're both, um, you know, I think in a good place to do that. I feel like they've had an off season to rest and recover and work out and get better, and also their team is better. And I feel like they both really like, especially D'Angelo. You know, we know he had issues with Ryan Saunders, but I think he's, uh, by all accounts, really happy with Chris Finch, and I think the two of them are going to work together really. well. Well, I liked how Finch used Russell off ball um, the second half of last season. So you know, I don't love Russell. Obviously, he's overpaid, and I you know, I, I hate his apathy on the defensive end. But I think we might get a little bit more of Russell on defense this year, and I think he's going to be used in really smart ways to um, you know really uh, you know accentuate his passing and his shooting, and kind of cover up some of those other things he doesn't do quite as well, like get to the hoop, get fouled, um, you know, and defend. So I'm I'm looking i'm looking at russell also to take a step forward and i guess that's the recipe for the wolves like being as good as they can possibly be is like towns and russell just have great years so um uh, wishful thinking there for sure but i think both these guys you can make an argument for why like especially like emotionally like where it's been the last like two years like they need to come back and, and have strong years like for their standing in in the league uh <laughs> let alone like just making their team better this year absolutely yeah. Okay. So yeah, we talked about we talked about um, yeah a lot of the kind of bigger things, the trades. You know, what else here? Let's see. Um, uh, you know, what about just what about just why why will this team be fun? You know, like what will be fun about watching this team? You know, we talked about the excitement of young Anthony Edwards, but how do we expect this team to kind of play on the court uh, that might be like fun to watch?
1: Well, I mean, you know, when things are going right, we're going to be seeing a high uh octane offense that we gotta see a little bit under Chris Finch last year. I mean even when we were losing those games, man, some of those offensive uh you know games that were so much fun to watch where yeah ant and cat are both going off and you know when everything's working together there's gonna be a lot of movement, a lot of passing, a lot of shooting and I think that's gonna be everyone loves a, a high uh what is it, a high motion or a quick yeah. motion offense or whatever. Everyone Fast loves that pace. when that's working out. And I think that we have the tool steps, some really good shooting and some really good passing. But also like if we we can commit to sustain some of this defensive kind of like like you said we're going to be a small team we 're not going to stop guys from backing us down we 're not going to stop we 're not going to prevent anything at the rim, but if we have guys who are trying to jump into passing lanes, get strips, maybe get you know like five ten steals a game as a team you know that kind of action where we're all just about uh you know what is it when you're they deflections and stuff Uh that coaches measure you know like we're gonna have a lot of deflections a lot of that kind of stuff where off defense is turning into offense that's gonna be a lot of transition usually the only transition we see is the other team transitioning and scoring on us all the time because our transition (laughs) defense is so bad other team you know we'll we'll shoot we'll miss a shot and then the other team will all get down before our guys get back and then they'll just be an easy offensive bucket or even when we make a shot and then they still beat us back (laughs) even though they have to take (laughs) the ball from under the hoop we've seen so much of that so i think that and then finally the one thing that I've said to this team has been lacking for years, and we got a little bit of it when we had Bloodsport, James Johnson, obviously <laughs> Taj. It was kind of a tough Blood presence, Sports. but we have oh a real God. bully on our team this year. You know, like yeah, we, uh, we I've been saying this team has lacked an edge, has lacked a spine. There's nobody on the Timberwolves who you would be like, okay, we can't mess with them because that guy's going to come and fight me after the game or something like that. We got a real pit bull in our corner this year with Pat Beverly, and just like I got so much entertainment out of watching get a technical foul in his first preseason game, I cannot wait to see the kind of influence his cutthroat mentality, his attitude has on this team of really soft, nice, affable young men. You know, like, everyone is such a nice young guy on this team, except for Pat Bev. I can't wait to see what he does, Ant. I want to see him make a real killer out of Ant. I can't wait to see him pick fights and just be a real jerk. I think that's going to be a blast.
0: Yeah, that's that. Yeah, you you covered it all there, Scott. And uh, yeah, that's definitely where I was going with this is the the defense. And you know, again, they're not going to be a great overall defense, but I think depending on the lineups, they're going to have these moments where they have this swarming style. Maybe yeah, maybe three of their five guys are you know the defensive one way quality or whatever, and they're going to be able to put out these lineups. That it's weird to say for the Timberwolves team, but I think they they are going to be able to turn you over. They are going to be intense. They are going to be um, you know rotating quickly and flying around all over and and I think that's going to be really fun to watch, um, and it's gonna it's going to be a new kind of level of defensive intensity, um, you know, that the team and its fans haven't really seen for a while. I feel like a few years ago when Kogi came into the league, you know, he was kind of that guy, and um, you know, the block on Harden and all this stuff. Like he's obviously a fantastic defender, and now he's got other people who are are like him too, like you said in, in Beverly and in, in, in Vando. Um, you have some intense defensive guys. Guys, here who can uh, turn you over and go the other way with it, so that will be a lot of fun too. Even if it's in just brief moments or or whatever, I think that will be a new kind of angle for Wolves fans to watch this year of of some intense guys. And yep, that's Beverly's that guy. You know, it's it's the number. It's cliche by now uh, for him, but um, you know, if, if, if he's on your team, you're, you're happy about it. But uh, if he's on the other team, you're just it's just going to be a long night, and you hate the guy, and you can't believe anybody
1: would play like that. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's, I- he's a real jerk out there (laughs) yeah i think the key word is effort like i don't think we need to be good at defense to get this fan base to buy in our fan base is just starving to see effort Yep. They just want to see the team care. Like that's why they love Jo so much, is because he tries. It's not saying he's effective all the time, but he clearly goes out there and it's makes easy to see. Yeah, exactly. And that's all you really need to do to win over this fan base, because we've been so starved of that for so long. Just even performative acts of defense are going to win you a, win you a bunch of fans here.
0: That's right. Yeah. All right. One more here before we get to our lightning round, Scott. I want to ask you this one. You put this one in here. Which player will fulfill the role as media darling? Slash veteran leader in the clubhouse so i feel like that was probably this Ricky. one's a little easier easy that, in that fact, was,
1: this one could be a
0: lightning because i think we're both gonna have the same answer i didn't even think about it too much because it was that was rubio last year right like he was the guy everyone say oh he tells it like it is he says we suck when we do like he's watching right. young, he's watching over young ants and stuff like and that maybe so, even
1: a little bit of ed davis to a certain extent like, i mean are you, are you know, saying that's also professional
0: are you saying that's also beverly here in the situation
1: I think it's got to be Beverly. I mean, there's no really other, like, true veterans in this league. I mean, besides... Bev I think like Kat and D'Lo have the most years in the league I mean Prince is 27 but I think he spent four years at Baylor so I,
0: I feel like media darling and veteran leader can be two different things though right like media darling it doesn't necessarily need to be the guy who's like taking the rooks under under his wing although it, it often is the same person but I actually don't know if Beverly's a good quote like is he like um, maybe he's like said some crazy stuff in the media like in the playoffs or guaranteeing wins or something like that but I could definitely see him being that veteran like you said Who's kind of, you know, the new Rubio, and that he, you know, Ant is his young guy and he's going to teach him to be a dog on defense and all this stuff. But, like, um, you know, I don't know who's like the best, like, quote, quote in this group, you know, for the media. Well, it doesn't necessarily
1: it. need to be the best quote, but it has to be the guy who will wait around and answer all the questions for uh-huh. everybody and not go right. home until all the reporters have had their questions answered. And then that's how you get that reputation. And yes. I think that Pat Beverly, by all appearances has embraced that role so far with the team is that he's kind of like you know whereas in other situations he's been at he's been a a piece of many veterans who are on a championship hunt like the Clippers or the Rockets or something whereas here he kind of knows he's supposed to be the mentor role and so far he's stepped into that role so I'm gonna say Pat Biff.
0: I think the wild card in this is is potentially Torian Prince. Um, I guess we just don't you know have, don't really know him that well. You know, it's only been a couple of weeks. He's been on the team, so but he's someone who I think I don't really know his personality yet, or if he's you know the you know the veteran leader who's going to help the young dudes. But you know, he's been around the league a lot. He's been on winning teams. Into the playoffs, you know, and so you know, I think he's the next guy to kind of look at as like maybe this is someone uh, who can fulfill both those roles. I mean, Russell, he's not a very good quote, you know, he, he he doesn't really let you in too much. He's pretty guarded, and maybe behind the scenes, he's a good vet, but he doesn't like exude that necessarily. He kind of seems like more of like a cool guy that the young guys want to look up to and and be like or something like that, rather than someone who's you know dropping sage advice to the youngsters but so right. i got my eye on Torian and prince potentially for this too
1: all right i'm, I'm in
0: all right, lightning round. It's time to do some a little bit faster here as we wrap up this show. Some of these are a little more uh, you know, lighthearted as well. So uh, we'll start with this one. Who? Uh, what do you think the top-selling Wolf jersey will be this year? I guess they don't really put out those numbers, right? They do Like the whole league does?
1: Like at the end of yeah, the year, you get the I, big I, NBA I, list? I would so like, if good. anyone has access to this info, I'd love yeah, to see it. Because usually I you'll see like the top ten best-selling for the league, yes, but I would love to find out some. Uh, and someone's got to have this information. Maybe we can get our guy, Minnesota Munn, you know. Yeah, you Just don't have to kid.
0: tell us like exactly how many or even like what percentage of right. jerseys were sold. Just want to have a list, you know, one through five or whatever of like within each team who who was top but uh i don't know who you got who do you think it'll be this year i mean towns and russell probably the the big ones but uh
1: my my pick is ant i think yeah you know the whole state's going to continue to fall in love with him and you have the aspect of like i already have a towns jersey neil he's been on the team for a while i have a couple Uh, i do not have an Ant jersey yet though exactly
0: I think that's right that's you know there's you got both those things c- combining to make this the, the the big answer here you know is yeah he's going to continue to rise he's going to continue to pick up fans who didn't really know what he was doing last year um, so and again there's the whole whole idea too if you're paying attention a little bit more and we always have to say too like okay who's not going to get traded <laughs> if you're thinking about it that way and even towns you know I don't know maybe after this year who knows how this year goes I think like everyone else in this team is is, is Maybe uh, you know potentially movable, but Edwards' best best chance is, is to be around for like five, six, seven more years minimum. So uh, that's the pick there. But uh, the, the shout out to Beverly too. I mean, role players, bench guys, they don't really generally get like their jersey on the shelves, kind yeah, of make gonna it, gonna it custom a or whatever. Like but but like we're saying, if we're saying that like this is going to be you know this is going to be one of the most fun things about the Wolves is going to be uh, Pat Beverly this year. Um, you know, you might see a lot of those. And um, uh, yeah, so so I think I think that could be. You a know thing. what? We're
1: going to see a lot of if Pat Beverly is going to lead the team in jerseys that people wear, where they put duct tape on the back and cover up Wiggins and put like Beverly. I was just like gonna everyone's say that got too. that number twenty two jersey, so we're going to see a lot of people wear their <laughs> Wiggins jerseys to the games, but with like duct tape over the name Wiggins. With the I love Beverly. it! I
0: can't wait to see. Yeah, that was one of my other lightning round questions: is what's weirder, Balmero wearing Balmero wearing number nine or Beverly wearing number twenty two?
1: Uh, I think for me personally I've been surprised that the 22 weirds me out more I think it's just because this style of jersey this era of jersey we've seen Wiggins wear a lot whereas we've only seen Rubio wear this era of jerseys one year so it's not quite as weird to see this new style of jersey with the 9 whereas the 22 makes me think Wiggins every time I look at it. 22
0: is Wiggins for so long too like how many years of Wiggins were there It's just like oh yeah number 22 is Wiggins always and I don't know I can't name any other Wolves 9s but yeah like you said you know Ricky was not on the team for a while maybe you know didn't assimilate that number quite as much yeah so it's just it's perfect for putting the duct tape on the back i can't wait to see those if you see those at a game or on the streets of minneapolis you guys take a take a photo and tag us we'd, <laughs> we'd love to see uh that uh yeah that jersey uh that jersey thing there uh, scott take us to the next one here where do you want to go
1: all right, Neil, uh, which player is most likely to participate in an NBA All-Star Saturday night competition?
0: I mean, the fans want Ant in the dunk contest. That is, that is probably you know, the one that most people hope to happen. So, especially after his big dunks, his big in-game dunks last year, that feels very likely. But I don't know. I don't know if he's that type of guy. I mean, and I've never seen him like do like an actual like dunk contest kind of dunk. He's more of an in-game dunker, uh, less of a breakaway, you
1: know, put it through my legs type of guy. Um, I think. Like, I think the so answer has to be Ant because yeah. I mean. I mean, there's going to be a rookie-sophomore game, possibly. I don't think that's on Saturday night, is it? No, that's on uh, Friday. Yeah. But I will say it's Ant because of this reason. I would consider other people, like, maybe if D'Lo or Beasley have a really good, hot shooting season for the first half, they could be in the three-point competition. But here's the real thing. Do you know where the All-Star game is this year, Neil? Uh, Indy? Cleveland. Nobody oh. wants to go to there. It's not like D'Angelo Russell's just going to be in town anyways because he's going to be there for the party, and, and he's yeah. like, might as well suit up for a competition. No people are going to have to be forced to go to this all-star game and the league can only force players who are on their rookie contracts to compete in these Saturday night events. So the league can't compel other players to do it. So I think the ant has to be the obvious answer and maybe it's Jaden for the skills competition. I don't know, but I'm just saying that like the stars aren't going to want to come out to the all-star game this year in Cleveland. So I'm going to guess that it has to be someone on the rookie deal. So ant makes the most sense for me too. You know, I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, Beasley might regress this year, but if he doesn't,
0: I think it's like I I'll go with him over over Ant. I just don't know. I, I, ant's never said I don't know, it's hard. I, I really hope both those guys would want to do it. I I could see Edwards being like, No, I'm gonna show I'm the best at Duncan too. Here we go. Um yeah. but uh there's there's more people in the shooting contest. There's like ten contestants versus like four for the Dunkers. So um, right. I'll go with Beasley just to take someone different than you. So we'll All see. Right. Saturday night, Saturday night. Hopefully the Wolves get someone. It's been a while, I think, since the Wolves have had someone uh, in a Saturday night thing. Maybe since Towns won the skills thing. Is that possible? I'm trying to think. Yeah, huh? They so haven't had dunkers. Towns has never
1: done the three point shootout, has he?
0: I don't think so. Yeah. So. That'd be good. Right. Yeah, my next too.
1: question: Which player will get the most hate this season?
0: Oh yeah, like you mean from the fans? Like like yep. like fans will turn on them and be like, "This guy, get this guy out of here."
1: Yeah, this uh, used to be the uh, which player will the Timberwolves Reddit hate on the most. But like last season, I remember like going to Taco Bell and hearing people online at Taco Bell talking about how much they hate D'Lo. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I or just like walking through the skyway, I, I remember people talking about how much they hate D'Lo. I've heard like just random conversations in the public. You know about so I think Delo is also my answer. He's just like when things are going right, he's so cool. But when things aren't going right, he takes these shots that like Jim Pete has to remind everyone. These are the normal shots Delo takes in the flow of things. It's like don't get angry at Delo for taking these shots because these are his shots. But we saw it last night, or I saw it last night when I was watching the replay of the Denver game where he just it was like one on five. He just pulled up from three early in the shot clock and hit like the front of the rim. So I think Delo is going to be my answer here. Yeah. His,
0: he he certainly has that same kind of wiggins style where it's like the sh- it's shot selection missed mixed with like apathy mixed with overpaid player like that that is the recipe for like for for a lot of animosity in the fan base right there especially when you're overpaid it's like if anyone yeah. else does this it's like okay cool he's a role player or whatever but it's like Russell he has this like sort of like outsized not only you know salary but just sort of like it just feels like he thinks he's better than he actually is or that he should be on a better team or something like that so the vibes uh you know again I'm sure behind the scenes is better than this but externally from the outside like we don't have much to go on and i can i definitely understand where that is and there's almost just nobody else on this roster who is, is is going to necessarily this doesn't have a track record of kind of going out there doing something terrible other than if like beverly like weirdly like punch somebody or something like unless yeah, like, that's beverly, just like
1: everyone says like beverly the guy you hate unless he's on your team so now he's on our team, but I can still see some people uh, in Minnesota being yeah. like, "No, he's
0: just a thug," you know? Yeah, yeah, dumb. he could do something to cross the line, and you, you know, it
1: won't but be I just think about you, how
0: intense he is. It'd be like, "Oh, this guy's got, this guy's got some nuts loose," or whatever.
1: I think that you've nailed it because from someone who's lived in Minnesota and knows what the casual fan is like and how they hate on our athletes and stuff, I watched all the Joe Mauer hate for years. Oh, you know, yeah, it was amazing. I understand that you're right. There's two things that this fan base, uh, that casual fans really hate players getting paid a lot of money so you're right there and two like i said earlier just try on defense you don't even have to be good but look like you're trying and d'angelo doesn't do that either he does not look even when he does try he doesn't look like he's trying so (laughs) i think those two things are the recipe for hatred in the minnesota casual fan base so i think you're dead on with those two aspects yeah absolutely okay um which new wolf
0: are you most excited to watch
1: uh, you know, I, uh, I think I'm just kind of like a broken record here, but I can't, uh, I can't lie. It's Patrick Beverly. I'm one of those guys who didn't even hate him when he wasn't on my team. I've always <laughs> loved Bev, you know? So yeah. I just like a, you know, a guy who's an instigator. I love someone who is just hard nosed on defense and I can't wait to see that because like I said the Wolves have been missing that player for so long. I can't wait to see that, that element finally added to this team.
0: For me, it's Balmero. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to play much right now. He's buried in the in the lineup and uh, in the rotation. And like we said, it might be more of an Iowa thing. But even if he's playing Iowa, I'm excited to watch him. You know, I, I already know what Pat Beverly is. Where Balmero is this mystery box, and um, you know, it could be who, who knows. I mean, there's not a lot of not a lot of expectation for him right now. But these are the types of picks, the types of um, sort of uh, you know hits you have to have in the draft in order to excel as a franchise and get past you know sort of the the outside looking in doldrums or you know not making the playoffs you got to find these diamonds in the rough like this potentially from overseas and so it's, it's he's a big swing player for the wolves like sort of in the medium to long term so I'm really interested to see him play and see what he has and see how he matches up against the NBA competition it just might be a while before that actually happens like the team's gonna have to suffer some injuries or make a trade to get rid of some players or something like that so I don't know when it's gonna happen but I'm really itching to see what he can do against the NBA competition yeah me too um all right who do you think um let's see we have get a couple more here um which uh well which departed player will you miss most I mean Rubio is the answer with a bullet right is there anybody else who's even in the conversation who else
1: who else uh, it's uh, not gonna be wancho or Jarrett Culver so yeah <laughs> the answer is Rubio. <laughs> I will oh. watch Iwancho be the most popular player on the team. Oh, you always look guys. at half court during pre- pre-game shoot-around yeah. or halftime. He's always on the other side of the court chatting it up with his friends on the other team. So he all made his that, way to but, Boston uh,
0: now. I think he's a Celtic. Um, right, so. yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So uh, besides that, though, it's definitely got to be Rubio in my opinion.
0: Um, and any nicknames for new Wolves um, or nicknames for old Wolves? Do you have any, either of these?
1: Well, I think that we're not settled yet on Jaden McDaniels, you know. I I've, I've seen Big Mac the, the Wolf has been the Wolves official social media has kind of been pushing Big yeah. Mac. I don't think Big we've Mac, Mac. I don't think we've got the right answer for that one yet. And also, you know, I haven't seen a good sticking one for Leandro yet, but I think that yeah. we just got to let that develop naturally. It'll come.
0: Yeah, they called him Leo on the show the other day. I that was my answer was going to be uh Chimichurri Jordan. Uh, I've been pushing that one on Twitter uh, for uh, Balmar- Balmero. That's a, that's a reference to Maple Jordan Sure, um, yeah, for, for Andrew uh, Wiggins. You know, so kind of a deep I, cut I feel there. like
1: the, the difficulty in spelling chimichurri will probably yeah. dissuade some people on, on Twitter from using it. But uh, all you got to do is do it enough times that your autocorrect learns it. You know? Come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll go do that. Uh, who scores the most points in a game this season? I mean, Russell, Edwards, Towns. Who's going to have like a 50-plus? I think Edwards had like 40 40, 40 yeah, forty two, forty four, or something like that last year. That was his high mark. Towns and Russell have both scored fifty, I think, in a game. Maybe Towns hasn't. Was that a trivia question last year?
1: Nope. Towns uh, and Russell have both scored fifty.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know who you got. Which which one of these guys is gonna is gonna go big? biggest That's a
1: great question just because we've seen a little bit just a hint of restraint from cat so far or cat from ant in the preseason kind yeah. of focusing on defense getting our guys set up so i don't know if he's got that rookie hunger he had last season where it was just like i'm well, gonna keep shooting and, until the buzzer sounds and if but, like
0: we're saying if everyone's healthy like he's gonna have a lesser role like he's not gonna be the only guy out there this year you know his his usage is definitely going to be down uh this year but we're only talking about one game so maybe it's a game where one of the other stars misses or you know I don't know. Maybe it's injuries or whatever it is. Like it just takes one game. So who's I think like,
1: I think Ant will score the highest of any Timberwolves this year, and it'll come in a game against the Charlotte Hornets. I think he's the answer too because Russell, like, yeah, he can
0: get hot and hit eight threes towns i mean towns is a great answer also but i feel like edwards has the best combination of like inside and outside a little bit here i mean actually the, the answer there is there's towns i mean he can post you up and beat anybody i Andy's think the, the best problem shooter. with
1: towns though is like he can easily get that scoring going but he takes himself out of so many games with foul trouble it's Well, just and, like- and
0: he can't bring the ball up so it's like for one of these big 50 point games you got to be the ball handler you got to walk the ball up and just be able to chuck so towns can't really do that so yeah, for all those reasons, I think it's one of the guards, probably Edwards. Um, and uh, what about this one, Scott? Will Wolf's Cast have a new segments this year. Um, oh oh, that's uh, I don't know. Uh, do
1: you have anything time, in mind? The, I think we need some some new theme music for some stuff. So we got to okay. create some new segments. So we new segments. Get some new catchy theme music. You know, we've we, the hits have been played for many seasons now, and they're okay. Become. You know, favorites in our hearts and minds, but I think that we might need to shake it up a little bit this it's year. It's on us so. to
0: bring in some new segments. Maybe uh you the listener have some ideas. Please let us know. Follow us on Twitter at Wolvescast. Let us know what uh, if you have any ideas for segments. We gotta get that. You going. know
1: we are very receptive. Probably overly mm. receptive. Uh I think that yeah. if there's a complaint that about us, it's that we're too receptive. Absolutely.
0: Okay, let's wrap this up, Scott. Final record. Timberwolves final record and whip, what place will they finish in the Western Conference? Do you want to start? Do you want me to go first? First, as I want far you to wins? go first, Neil. All right. Well, I'm not sure. Um, Necessarily, where the over under is right now for, for Vegas
1: and all that stuff. I think stuff. it was but, like 34 and a half. Uh-huh. I'm not sure, but I, I think that's the number I've been kind yeah, of. Yeah,
0: something like that. And if that's the case, I'm going to take the over. I, uh, I'm i a little bit more optimistic about this team. Um, you know, I think they can uh, kind of approach 500, but not quite get there. I got them for 36 wins 36 and 46. And I think they'll be 11th in the Western Conference. Um, you know, I think, I think they're better than Oklahoma City and, um, uh, you know, San Antonio. Uh, some of those teams down at the bottom. I think, And then I think they're kind of in the mix, you know, alongside uh, the Pelicans and, and Memphis and, uh, you know, those teams down there at the bottom. I mean, Houston's going to be the other really bad team. Um, so, yeah, I think OKC and Houston are the two locks to be worse than them. But then they'll be in the mix with Sacramento, with uh, New Orleans, with Memphis right in that mix. But I think they can actually finish better than all of them, so I'm a little rosy on them. I'm going to say 11th place, 36 and 46. What about you, Scott?
1: Um, I'm going to, unfortunately, I have to just because, you know, it's it's like the uh, the old saying was, never bet the under on the Spurs. Never bet the over <laughs> on the Timberwolves. They just have no track record whatsoever of ever coming through for the over, you know? And so, like, I, I, I think 34 wins seems a little low myself, but – I know that it's placed there. Vegas knows better than us, I think, Uh, (laughs) because the thing is, like, if everything goes right, I definitely see them getting more than thirty-three wins or thirty-four wins. But there's so much that could go wrong. Any, you know, we've just seen this team has too many injury risks, too many crazy things that happen because we're the wolves. So um, against my instinct, I'm going to trust the rule. Bet the under on the Timberwolves, so I'm I'm following the rule against what my belief is necessarily. I'm going to say they go 33 and 39, which last year was good enough for the Spurs. Actually, I don't even know if that adds up because last year wasn't enough games. Right, you have to go, <laughs> you have to go like win
0: percentage or whatever.
1: Right, exactly. Last year, yeah, we'll go with their win percentage because last year the Spurs were 33 and 39, and it was good for the 10th seed. So I guess if we use that winning percentage though, that would be more than 34 wins. Ah, the last season got me all screwed up, Neil. Yeah. Either way, I'll go. I'm just gonna weird. go with 33 wins. I don't know all where right. that'll put us, but um, yeah. I'm gonna. Ha- I'm just sticking with the under because this team has proven to me too many times. Betting the under is the smartest thing to do.
0: That's hey, you're you're going with your head right there, and uh, that makes a lot of sense because the wolves will find a way to disappoint. We know that,
1: and you know um, what? This is uh, you know, this is the cowardly win-win scenario because either the wolves beat the yeah. over, and I and I'm happy about looking like an idiot, or I look very wise <laughs> when the Timberwolves continue to disappoint us.
0: That's right, Scott told you so, you guys. Exactly, uh, this is, I'm I'm just future-proofing it for myself. All right, those are our big questions for the 21-22 season Minnesota Timberwolves basketball oh my gosh it's right around the corner and uh, we're ready for it we're going to be here for you all throughout the season releasing a weekly show on Fridays recording on Thursdays Canis Hoopus, all your favorite podcast apps wherever you listen to shows
1: Please subscribe
0: because we're going to be doing, uh, you know, a different kind of show than you're used to hearing from uh, some of the other podcasts out there. You know, we try and, to try and do some fun segments and, uh, you know, keep it lighthearted and stuff like that. So I hope you'll check us out this year alongside all the other great um, podcasts out there. We like to be a compliment to them, right? We're, it's, it's all one big podcast community. We're not trying to shoot anybody else down. We're just saying, hey, put us in your rotation alongside them. That would mean a lot
1: all right, fans, here's some quick ones you just shout out the answer to in your car real quick. <laughs> Who will play more minutes this year, Lehman or Balmero? Shout it out to your car. Will Patrick Beverly be top 10 in the league in technical fouls again? Who will foul out year? the most games this season? Who? What's the over-under on the team three-point percentage? These are all things that you could shout out in your car right now. All right, thanks for listening. Bye, everybody.